there's a word from the Lord today. And so we want to turn our attention now to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, uh, verses 13 through 16. James chapter 5 from the English Standard Version uh, should be appearing on your screen shortly. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. There you'll find these words. <clears throat> Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God for God's word, and we pray it finds a place deep in your heart. Uh, today, as we share together um, from this particular passage in James, familiar passage of scripture, uh, we want to tag this particular text with the topic, Prayer Changes. Prayer changes. Prayer changes. The letter of James is addressed to the 12 tribes scattered throughout the nations in the opening verses of chapter 1. These Jewish Christians are in the process of navigating the challenges associated with representing Christ while living in places that were hostile to their faith. James has multiple goals for this letter. One, to encourage these disciples as they faced various trials and temptations. Secondly, to instruct them on becoming spiritually mature in their personal discipleship. And finally, to push them towards becoming a God-reflecting community of believers. James is writing to these believers about the practical actions and behaviors that are needed uh, to create and, and and keep together a community of believers that is a reflection of God's standard. Much of the emphasis of this letter has centered on how the, our relationship with people is a reflection of our relationship with God. In fact, he provides building blocks for our spiritual maturity that should be the hallmark of the lives of individual Christians and the distinguishing characteristics for the body of Christ. There is a call towards persevering through trials and practicing pure religion by caring for those in greatest need. There is an emphasis on living out love for all people, regardless of who they are or what they have, along with the, making the faith that exists in our heads and our hearts show up in our hands. There is a focus on doing the hard work of using self-control, in particular with our tongues, and using wisdom to get along with each other and to treat one another with dignity and honor. There is an encouragement towards community beyond conflict, which requires putting an end to the dis disagreements that detract from the mission of kingdom work. James writes this letter as a call to intentional discipleship, and he writes it as a reminder that individual discipleship without community is discipleship that is immature and incomplete. So we turn to the closing verses of chapter 5. They are spent emphasizing in the importance of the power of prayer. James is very clear here, and in fact, I could probably end the sermon right here. Uh, it, he says this, that prayer should be the default response for all believers. Prayer 
should be the default response for all believers. Uh, Famed theologian Martin Luther says that to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. In fact, prayer is the oxygen that allows our souls to breathe. Prayer is the very discipline that allows for our lives to remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Prayer is, as Charles Spurgeon would suggest, the slender nerve that moves the arm of omnipotence. This is not prayer that is offered out of some sense of obligation or pure habit. This is not prayer that is offered because it is what we have heard someone else say. James specifies the kind of prayer, uh, the kind of prayer we should be offering unto the Lord in verse 15, saying that our prayer should be offered in faith, that when we go to God and ask, we must do so believing that God hears us and will respond to us according to God's plan for our lives. Uh, Anything that we hope to achieve for the kingdom of God, anything we desire to see changed in our lives, in our faith communities, in our world, any eradication of the enemy that happens for us ought to be preceded by prayer. Yet so often, even as the disciples of Christ, we aren't as committed to a life of prayer as we ought to be. Many of us have been praying for a long time, and often it has proven uh, to be not as effective as we desired because, y'all, we pray with too little expectancy. The things we say in our prayer, we don't fully believe in our hearts. We have been guilty of praying out of habit instead of praying in faith. We pray, but we struggle to do so with wholehearted belief. We pray, but we do so with low expectations of God. We pray, but we have little intention of doing whatever it is God calls us to do in response to our prayer. We pray, but we try to work out a backup plan, you know, just in case God doesn't come through this time. But the truth is that there is no need to pray if we're going to do it with anything less than unwavering belief that God will work things out for us according to God's will for our lives. The prayer of faith says, I expect God to move on my behalf according to God's will. And when we struggle with to pray with faith, our prayer should be the same as the father whose son was possessed with a deaf and dumb spirit that I believe But God help my unbelief. Uh, We know that there's a common church phrase that says prayer changes things. Yeah, and it's true, y'all. Prayer does change things. But as we talked about uh, in Bible study this past week, even more than changing things, prayer changes us. For it is when we pray that we are expressing our dependence on the creator. Uh, And this is the undercurrent of our text today, that prayer is not a choice for us as far followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it is a requirement for us to keep us connected to God's will at all times and in all circumstances. James's final words to these final words to these community of believers who found themselves encountering all sorts of struggle and suffering was to pray about everything in faith. It is not the emotional fervor with which we pray that gains God's attention. It is not the particular words that we use that garners a response from God. It is simply when we pray with the heart completely committed to God and sincere about doing the will of God that our prayer becomes effective and powerful. 
This is why Jesus taught uh, in Matthew chapter 6 that we ought to go into our secret place to talk with God. For the power of prayer isn't found in the performative, but it's found in the prayer that is simple and clear and authentic uh, with God. This is the quality of prayer that James calls us to put into use. This uh, is the quality of prayer that helps us to grow as individual disciples and as the body of Christ. It is our faith in God that makes prayer work and if we are to become the disciples and the church and the community of faith that God has called us to be James is simply telling us that we must pray somebody type that in the comments right now we must pray uh, prayer has the power to be a transformative force within our individual and communal lives and the text paints for us the picture of a community of believers committed to prayer as a part of their discipleship experience and if we want to experience all that uh, experience the change rather that got that the effective powerful prayer brings in our lives then we have to today consider our approach to prayer so what then does the text teach us about the place that prayer should have in our lives what what does the text show us today about how we ought to approach prayer in such a way that it can bring forth change well the first thing the text teaches is that prayer changes when we commit to the priority of prayer somebody say priority type priority uh, in the comments right now prayer changes when we commit to the priority of prayer uh, James is very powerful yet concise in his encouragement for this community of believers to pray in verses 15, 13 and 14 they say uh, James writes these words anyone in trouble pray anyone happy sing Anyone sick, call the church leaders and get them to pray and anoint you in the name of the Lord. Y'all, he's giving very simple solutions to the varying issues of life. James is telling us today that prayer should not be our first, should be our first response, not our last resort. Let me say it again because I messed it up the first time. Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. Uh, we can often find ourselves talking to everyone else and trying everything else before we would even attempt to talk to the Lord. We, but when we make prayer our priority, we are acknowledging the sovereignty of God. We are telling God that we believe that God has supreme authority over our lives. There is nothing that takes place that God isn't aware of. God is not caught by surprise by what is happening and in fact knows exactly how to handle our situation. In fact, when we make prayer our priority in our lives, we are intentionally deciding that we are going to submit our lives to the will of the, of the Lord. The prayer of faith says, God, I trust you so much that I am willing to put my desires and my will to the side so that your will can be done in my life. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, this is a scary prayer to pray. This is a scary uh, statement to make. It's a scary idea for most of us because we want to do what we want to do and because we have to be and we have this need to be in control of our own journey. Uh, yet to pray is to make God's will and God's mission priority for our lives. It allows us a constant connection with God. In fact, as Richard Foster writes, of all spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into the perpetual communion with the Father. God sees things, y'all, from a much broader 
vantage point than we do. And if we aren't willing to make prayer a priority for our lives, we will miss, on, miss out on what God wants and needs to show us for our lives. Uh, we only see things in a narrow perspective, but God sees it all. Uh, one prayer writes these words, one author rather writes these words, quote, prayer frees us to be controlled by God. To pray is to change. There is no greater liberating force in the Christian life than prayer. Uh, to enter the gaze of the holy is to never be the same. To bathe in the light of quiet wonder and glad surrender is to be slowly and permanently transformed. There is a richer inward orientation, a deep hunger for communion. We feel as if we're being taken over by a new control center and so we are and oftentimes what we discover is that the issue that that's an issue for us when submitting to God's sovereignty uh, we know that by submitting to God we are giving God control we are allowing God to download into our lives a, a new operating system and that will transform us permanently and if we are honest y'all we don't always want God to be in control of the fullness of our lives do we want God to control other folks lives sure but not our lives but if we would learn to trust God with all of our lives then God would then lead us where we need to go the issues that we pray about are the issues that we trust God to handle I'm gonna say it again that the issues that we pray about are the issues that we trust God to handle so if you're not praying about it apparently uh, that you don't trust God to take care of it uh, making prayer a priority says God you are in control I know what I want but ultimately you have the final say over what happens in my life uh, there is no doubt that we will have moments of uncertainty along the way but if we trust God enough to allow God to be sovereign in our lives and in our churches we will have a we have a God who knows where we're going who knows how to get there and we can even it can even manage the detours that come our way uh, when we make prayer the priority of our lives God will prepare us for what is coming our way when we make prayer the priority of our lives God will lead us and guide us to the purpose and the place that God has destined for us to go when we make prayer the priority of our lives we say to we say unto the Lord God I trust you God I follow you God you're in control yeah yeah we make prayer the priority we're telling God listen we trust that you've got it that you've got it handled like Olivia Pope back on scandal we can trust that God can say it's handled uh, not only does prayer not only does prayer change cha prayer changes when uh, we uh, are guided by the priority of prayer but prayer changes when we participate in the practice of prayer yeah when we participate in the practice of prayer somebody say participate the movement of the text points to the manner in which prayer should be practiced within the life of the believers. We can make prayer a priority, yet for it to be most effective in our lives, we must be willing to pray at all times. James outlines for us four instances in which we should pray. We should pray when we are suffering hard times. We should pray when we are enjoying times of success. We should pray when we are sick, and we should pray when we have sinned. In other words, there is no time in which prayer is not appropriate in our lives. 
The examples in the text suggest to us that the practice of prayer should be a part of everything that we do. As Paul says, we have to pray without ceasing. The reality for us is that we can be found guilty of practicing prayer only based on convenience or circumstance. Yeah, 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 yeah. We pray when we can, when, when we can or when we remember to. We, we pray harder when the times get tough, but when things are going our way, praying seems to slip our minds. We might whisper a thank you, Lord, here and there. But we can get so absorbed with the good days or we can even get so absorbed uh, with the circumstances that are happening around us that we let our prayer life slip and our connection to God becomes weaker and weaker. Uh, this is why we must pray at all times and pray intentionally. Yeah, to grow uh, as disciples, to grow as a church, we have to set aside the time to communicate with God every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. and 12 noon. Uh, I don't know about you, but there are some days that if I hadn't prayed, I might have lost my mind. If I hadn't taken time to talk to God, when that good day turned to a bad day, I might have done something or said something that I had no business doing or saying. We have to pray at all times because that could be the difference in an important decision in our lives. Whether it's a good season or a bad season, whether we are fighting sickness or sin, we must pray at all times. Practicing prayer at all times of our lives builds our faith in God regardless of the circumstances that we face. Verse 13, James says that we should pray in trouble and pray in good times. The Greek word that translates to happy in the text really speaks to an inner cheerfulness and contentment that endures any circumstance. This is what happens when we find ourselves saturating our lives in prayer. We find ourselves strengthened to deal with the hard times out of the contentment and joy that has come from a life of prayer. In the letter to the Philippians, uh, it says it like this, I've had much and I've had little, I've, and I've learned to be content regardless of the circumstances. I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that strength uh, that the author was talking about there comes from participating in the practice of prayer. Not only, y'all, should we pray at all times, but the practice of prayer uh, is for all people. James starts the section focused on the individual in the community of faith that is in trouble or happy. Then he has a sick person summoning the leaders of the church to pray over them in verse 14. In verse 16, he says that we should confess our sins to each other and to pray for each other. James is reminding us that prayer is not limited to the proverbial super saint that y'all doesn't exist, uh, but that no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances are, you can pray. It's not real deep or real profound today, but the reality is that there are many of us who don't pray because we think it's reserved for the pastor or the minister or the deacon. We get caught up in position or title and believe that we, because we don't pray like they do out loud, that we can't pray. Uh, God doesn't care about our position. God doesn't care about some superficial prayer formula. God doesn't care if we split our verbs or don't know all of the holy words to use because you, you can pray. 
pray uh, because all God is concerned with is the posture of your heart when you pray. God wants to know that we trust God enough to bring God our cares and concerns. Uh, God wants to know that we love God enough to bring God our praise and our worship. If you love the Lord, if you believe that God is in control, if you are willing to submit your life to God, then yes, you too can pray. You can pray for yourself when you are in trouble. You can praise God for yourself when things are going your way. You can pray for healing. You can pray for forgiveness. You can pray for deliverance. You can pray for your brother or your sister in Christ. And yes, they can pray for you too. The more we practice prayer in our lives, the more connected to God we will be. The more we practice prayer in our lives, the more ready we will be to handle what comes our way. The more we pray, the more we practice prayer, we don't have to worry about getting ready for what comes because as we spend time with God, God will make sure that we're ready even if we don't feel like it. Uh, and this means that we have to have a consistent, disciplined practice of prayer in our lives. Yeah, prayer, prayer changes. Prayer changes when we are guided by the priority of prayer. Prayer changes uh, when, we, when, we have, when we are participating in the practice of prayer. But finally today, prayer changes when we believe in the power of prayer. Yeah, when we believe in the power of prayer in verses 15 uh, and 16, James highlights the role of prayer in physical healing and spiritual forgiveness. The parallel use of sin and sickness to magnify the power of prayer to heal and forgive. Uh, in verse 15, it says that the prayer offered in faith can make the sick person well and bring forgiveness to sin. Both sickness and sin are maladies that cause separation. Y'all know how it is when someone is sick, our natural response is to stay away from them. We just, we've been going through two years of that, of staying away, of social distancing and quarantining. Uh, we don't want to pick up their germs to put, up, put our own health at risk. And then sin, by its very nature, causes division and separation in our relationship with God and our personal relationships. When someone offends us, we don't want to be around us around them. When someone hurts us, it's hard for us to want to continue relationship with them. When we don't do what God requires of us, it causes a disconnect in our relationship with God. Yet the text shows us the opposite of what the natural response is to both sickness and sin are. Uh, James says that when we are sick, we should call the leaders to pray over us. That they should come to where we are and put their hands on us. Uh, when we sin, we ought to confess our sin to each other and pray for each other. Uh, this means the, the healing of both the body and the soul are powered by a praying community of faith. Uh, for some of us, y'all, I've discovered uh, that some of us have a little issue with calling and letting folks know when we sick or we got something going on, but some of us don't have an issue calling the pastor or calling the deacons to come and see about us when we are sick. We may not reveal all that is happening with our illness, but we can seek the prayer of healing healing and the support from our church family. Uh, what is much more improbable to happen is that we confess our sin to one another and pray for one another in that area of sin. Our human nature is prideful and we don't like to admit where we are wrong. It takes a lot of humility to admit your sin because the reality is that we don't like folks
steps all in our business. Yet what James is calling us to is a culture of accountability. It's not our place to judge. Only God is the judge on that. But for the community of faith to be all that God intends for it to be, we must be willing to put our pride to the side and seek out not only the forgiveness of God, but the forgiveness of those whom our sin has impacted. That mean, If that means one person, then it should stay between you and that person. If it means the whole church, then that means coming and publicly asking for forgiveness. The fault in our prayer lives often becomes that we pray, but we pray without accountability for our prayer. We think that because God forgives us, that that is the end of the road. Yes, God says that God is faithful and just, and that if we confess our sins, God will forgive our sins and cleanse us of our unrighteousness. But we have to recognize that the Bible also teaches that if there is an unresolved issue between us and another brother or sister, then we ought to clear that up before coming to the Lord in prayer. Uh, there is another side to this as well, y'all, that when someone has done us wrong, we ought to forgive and to keep on forgiving. That's right. 70 times 7. You got to forgive everything every time that thing pops up in your mind. You got to forgive again. Uh, this is why James says that we should pray with each other and for each other because today you might sin against me and tomorrow I might sin against you. But if we are praying for one another, we can graciously offer forgiveness to each other because we realize that none of us are, per are perfect. All of us sin and all of us are just trying to get this thing right with the Lord. Uh, ultimately, the belief believing in the power of prayer means that we believe that God can restore and transform our situations. James says that the sick person will be raised up and the sinner will be forgiven and seen as a righteous. Y'all, these are noticeable changes that take place through the power of believing prayer. A prayer brings restoration. The once healthy person who was followed, fallen ill can be restored to health through prayer. Uh, the pain can be relieved. The mobility can be returned. The disease can be eliminated. The right mind can be restored. All through the power uh, of believing prayer. Prayer brings transformation. The sinner uh, can be transformed into a forgiven soul. There is a change that happens through the power of prayer. The one who is sick with hate uh, can be transformed into one who loves. The one who is sick with anger can be transformed into a peacemaker. The one who is sick with envy can be transformed into one with a heart overflowing with gratefulness. The one who is sick with grief can be transformed into one who is, who is overflowing with peace. And I don't know about you today, but as I close this old sermon right here, I want to, I want to, when I pray, uh, I, this is the change that I want to see happen in, our, in my, around me. Uh, I want the testimony of my life to be the closing phrase of verse 16 that the prayer of the person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. When I pray, I want power to be a part of the equation of my prayer. And we all ought to desire to have a life of prayer that causes heaven to hear us and God to move and demons to flee. We all ought to desire a life of prayer that shapes us and molds us into who God has created us to be. We all ought to desire a life of prayer that heals and delivers, that encourages and empowers, that convicts us and challenges us 
to being all that God has made us to be. We all ought to want a life of prayer that reveals God's vision for us and expands God's vision in our lives. We all ought to want a life of prayer that is faithful and effective and powerful that brings forth change in ourselves, change in our families, change in our church, change in our communities, change in our world. Y'all, prayer changes through the power that is at work within us and the faith in God who loved us so much that God sent God's son to be transformed into man that we could be restored into right relationship with God our father and you know Jesus's story Jesus submitted to God's sovereignty in prayer when he knelt down in the garden of Gethsemane and said nevertheless not my will but God your will be done Jesus practiced prayer no matter where he was whether he was on a boat or on the mountainside yes even on Calvary's cross he practiced prayer as he cried out to God and said father forgive them for they know not what they do uh, Jesus had access uh, to the power of God because of his life of prayer uh, so much so that early on the third day morning after he died on Friday and laid there on Saturday that early on Sunday he got up with all power in his hands and y'all that's the same power that's at work when we pray it's a resurrection power it's healing power it's delivering power it's transformation power it's keeping power it's providing power it's protecting power it's as the hymn writer said wonder working power but we've got to commit ourselves to a life of prayer so that God's power can be at work in our lives. There's power when we go to God together. There's power when we go to God for ourselves in our secret place. Don't got to put on a show. Got to use big words. As Jesus said in chapter 6, just keep it simple. Be yourself. Tell God what you need. Tell God where you are. Tell God what's happening around you. God already knows, but he just, God wants to know that you trust God enough to put it in God's hands and let God handle it. But we've got to commit ourselves. Commit ourselves to the practice of prayer so that God can do some amazing things that we never anticipated around us. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the teaching of James which reminds us implores us, encourages us, pushes us towards prayer, the importance and the power of prayer for the life of the believer. God, I, my prayer is simple today. God, help us pray more. <laughs> Remind us that when, we, when, our feet open, when our eyes open in the morning and our feet touch the floor, that we ought to pray. God, that as we go about getting ready for our day, that we ought to pray. That as we go through, go to jobs and dropping kids off and doing the various things that we're called to do, that we ought to pray. As we come home, share time with family, share time alone with ourselves, get ready to go to bed, that we ought to pray. God, help us to pray more. Pray with hearts of faith, believing that you hear us and believing that you will move according to your will for our lives.
God, we pray now that you would touch the heart of someone who is watching today who needs to be in relationship with you, who needs to restore a relationship with you, that needs to get connected with the community of faith that is committed to their well-being spiritually and otherwise. God, we're praying today that you would help them to make that spiritual decision today, that they would say yes to you for baptism, yes to you for rededication, yes to you for partnership with our church. God, keep them, help them, Lord God, as they go forward in this commitment, God, that they would pray and put it before you every day, that you would guide them and shape them and transform them. God, and do the same for each of us as we go forward into this next week. We would commit ourselves to pray. We thank you, God, and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen.